Hey everybody, welcome to the First Pres Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast channel or our YouTube channel for the latest Sunday messages. We're so glad that you're listening and we are praying that the following message inspires you to take your next steps towards Jesus. Good morning, church. Futury, isn't it? Into the future. Well, good to see you here, worshiping here and filling up this house of the Lord to His glory. And um, who's going to Elam this afternoon? Is there anybody in the house that's going to Elam this afternoon? Right here, right here, right here, right here, right here. We love you guys. Um, church, here's what I want you to know. For a lot of people who grow up in First Pres, you ask them, when did you really come to know Jesus? They'll say, it was when I was at Camp Elam. And I had that time of just feeling like Jesus was with me. He was present to me. So I want you praying, church, for these kids this week, that they would see Jesus really clearly, that they would walk with him for the rest of their lives. Amen? And then in uh, VBS, you saw that coming up. Uh, we've already got like 340 kids signed up for VBS next month, and, uh, which is awesome. And so uh, that means everybody's a volunteer at VBS. You're a volunteer at VBS. You're a volunteer at VBS. So if you haven't put that on your calendar yet, we've got a place for you to do something to show these kids the love of Jesus and that they are treasured by God. Amen. So we're in future Jesus. I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Revelation. It's the last book in the Bible. You can turn on it on your phone. That's easy. If you're, in a, if you're in a print Bible like mine, if you get to the index and the maps, you're too far. Go back. Revelation chapter 1, as we open the scriptures, let's open our hearts to the Lord in prayer. So Lord, we pray, especially as we open this book, as we open, as we, as we open your scriptures at any place, but we pray, Lord, in your mercy, don't leave us lost and confused, but send your divine light so that we can see clearly, speak your voice so that we can hear and we can love and follow you and even see Jesus, our Savior and Lord. It's in his name that we pray. And the church said, amen. amen. John 1, I mean Revelation 1, starting at verse 4, friends. John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits before his throne and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds. And every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all peoples on earth will mourn because of him, so shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. This is God's word. We're grateful. Amen. Future Jesus. Jesus isn't finished. Knowing the ending changes the story, doesn't it? If you know how it ends, well, that changes the way you watch the movie, the way you, you read the book, the way you listen to the story that your friend is telling you for the tenth time, right? Like, I know how that ends. You got another one? When you know how it ends, it changes, 
it changes the whole story. If I had known that we'd be here, June 2021, that we'd be, that we'd be, we'd be here, you know, again together in the, in the house of worship, well, that would have changed the, the way that I played that whole year. I would have just had this big countdown clock in my office to June 2021, right? The ending, knowing the ending changes the story. It's like when you, uh, when you record a game on your DVR and you're going to watch it later and then um, that notifications thing on your phone pops up, gives you, the story, gives you the final score of the game. You ever have that happen? Or some, some friend, you know, says like, hey, didn't the Broncos do And you're like, I was going to watch that, you know? And now I'm watching the whole game. It doesn't matter. I know how it ends. I already know how it ends. If you know the future, it changes the present. If you know the ending, it changes the story. But we don't always know the future. We don't always know the future. No, we don't. Have you ever been to a baseball game this afternoon? Did you catch that? <laughs> that takes a minute, right? Like, what'd you do there? Uh, you can't ask that question. It doesn't make any sense because you have to, to ask that question. Have you ever been to a baseball game this afternoon? You have to know the past, the present, and the future all at once just to ask the question, right? And we don't know the future. Friends, Jesus knows the past, knows the present, knows the future. Jesus is the only one who knows your whole life, your whole life story, from beginning, middle, to end. And he, he, he sees it all. He sees it all right in front of him. To, to follow Jesus is to follow someone who already knows where the story ends. To, to get counsel from Jesus, to receive direction and counsel from Jesus, is to receive counsel from one who knows the future, who knows how the story unfolds. Jesus is, is beginning, he is middle, and he is end. Jesus knows the future. So I asked Jesus to tell me the future. Jesus, tell me the future. You know what he does? You'd be surprised if I said he did, didn't you? <laughs> like, yeah, I know everything that's going to happen. No, he doesn't tell me the future. He says, no, I'm not going to tell you the future. But I will tell you this. I'm not going to tell you everything that's in your future. But I'm there. And I'm not finished. And your story is still unfolding. And my work isn't done. And whatever the future holds, you know who holds the future because I am with you there. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Right? So future Jesus, that's what we're doing. We're looking at the book of Revelation and, and looking at this future Jesus. The last book of the Bible is called Revelation. It's a letter written by John. The same John who was Jesus' disciple and friend and was close to him, the beloved disciple. The same John that Jesus spoke to from the cross when he said, hey, you, John, he, he matched him up with his mother, Mary. He said, son, behold your mother. Mother, behold your son. They adopted one another from then on. The same John that wrote the Gospel of John, wrote the letters that we have in here. It's that same John. He was on exile in a Greek isle called Patmos. And while he was in exile, the Holy Spirit rushed over him and he had this, this incredible spiritual epiphany. And the Lord said, I want you to write that down. I want you to send it to the seven churches. I want you to send it to the system of churches. And so he wrote it down. 
And we have the book Revelation. And in that book, what comes out of that, what comes out of this Revelation is we actually see future Jesus. We see Jesus way off beyond anything that we could naturally know. We see Jesus in the future. And after we've been through a year like we've been through, after we've been through a season like we've been through, you know, uh, a crisis can be disorienting. It can be dizzying. I mean, don't you still feel like you're in the fog? You're in the fog of, of a global pandemic. When you're coming out of that fog, what we need is, is some place to point our compass. And Jesus is right there. We can see future Jesus. And we can walk toward him and grow toward him. And that's what we're going to do. How do you know Jesus? You know, if you, if you know Jesus today, the way you know Jesus is you know Jesus from, from the Gospels. You, at some point you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, or someone read them to you or told you about them. You know Jesus from the Gospels. And what do the Gospels do? They're telling you about the events of Jesus' life, how he lived and, and, and where he taught and what he did and who he, who he spoke with. And, and all these events of Jesus are in the Gospels. Now that's past Jesus. And as you read about Jesus, as you learn about past Jesus, something really strange starts to happen. It starts to feel like he's present to you right now. Now, when you read anybody in history, when you get familiar, anybody read like a biography of uh, Abraham Lincoln or something or Winston Churchill, or you've, and you read these biographies and you think, have you read Winston Churchill biography? No. But you read, these, uh, you read these past figures and you think, I kind of know that guy now. I, I kind of know a little bit about, I can almost relate. And it feels like they're kind of like part of your life now. Uncle Winston, you know, comes in with a cigar. But with Jesus, it's different. It's more than that. Because as you read the Gospels and you, you learn past Jesus, it starts to feel like he's speaking to you in the, in the very present. Because he is. And you're not just feeling like you can relate to Jesus. You're starting to relate to Jesus because by the power of His Holy Spirit, He is speaking to you. It's not a figment of your imagination because Jesus, unlike other figures in history, Jesus lived and yes, Jesus died, but then Jesus rose again and Jesus isn't finished. And by His Holy Spirit, He is present and active to every single one of us. That's present Jesus, you see. Past Jesus becomes present Jesus. Can we know future Jesus? Look at verse 4. John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits before his throne and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and who made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father to him. Be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Never preach on Revelation. Never do it. That's what they always say. Don't preach on Revelation. It's too confusing. People walk away, they won't get anything out of it. Pastor Michael, our pastor of discipleship, was talking to one of our adult Christian ed teachers, and, and this guy said, hey, Michael, when I've taught this class now for nine years coming on 10, and, and, and this year I will have taught verse by verse every book of the New Testament except Revelation. 
except Revelation. And Michael said, hey, that's great. Now you know what you're teaching next year. And you know what that guy said? No way. I am not touching that. Why? Because it's, it's confusing. It can be hard. But let's unpack it. Because actually the truth is, the reason it's so frightening is that you could preach an hour on almost every phrase. Let's unpack what we can. So John had this epiphany and he was told to write it down, send it to a system of churches in Asia Minor, which is now what we call Turkey. And these are real churches, real people, and real places who got this letter and read it and received it, a message from the Lord. Grace and peace, it says. Grace and peace to you. That's the, that's the Christian epistolary greeting. That's the same greeting you get in all these letters, right? Grace and peace to you. And maybe it would help if we had verse 4 up on the screens while I walk through these, these little bits here. Grace and peace to you. And that matches all Paul's letters. Only this greeting, it comes from God. It comes from God. It actually comes from God. And then the next part of this verse, the next part of this passage, is Trinitarian. We actually start to see God as Holy Trinity. This is a message from one God, the one God, the Holy Trinity of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We're going to find all three of them in these next few lines. So let's start first with God the Father. From Him, it says, who is and who was and who is to come. Now, that phrase right there, from Him who is. You see that? Him who is. That, what I want you to know, church, That is the exact Greek translation of the Hebrew phrase, I am. I am. We talked about last week, I am that I am. Who are you, God? Who should I say sent me? You tell them, Moses, I am that I am. That's him who is. That's the Father. Well, next we get the Holy Spirit. And from the seven spirits before his throne. How many Holy Spirits are there? One. <laughs> so, eh, let me, let me explain. The one Holy Spirit, the one Holy Spirit of God is able and prepared to be present to the seven churches that are being addressed in full power all at once. Now, this in the ancient world, this was a hard thing to understand. There were gods everywhere, like there's a god behind the tree and there's a god over by the river and there's a god on the far side of Pike's Peak, so be careful when you go over there. But God's saying, that's not how it is. That's not reality. I am the Lord your God and I am everywhere present and I can be fully present. And to understand that, we have to kind of break the the mind a little bit, the, the, the mold a little bit. So you're going to hear a quote really quick from Zechariah, and that's the prophet that's in mind as this is being displayed, the seven uh, spirits. Zechariah had a picture, this prophet, of a lampstand with seven ports, with seven wicks, seven like areas where the oil would flow and would light up and, and create light. One lamp, seven lights. You with me? Here it is, Zechariah 4.2. He asked me, what do you see? I answered, well, I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl at the top and seven lamps on it with seven channels to the lamps. Okay, that's what I said, Zechariah. And so God said, okay, do you understand that? And Zechariah said what you would have said. No. (laughs) And so God clarifies. 
Zechariah 4.6, Not by might, nor by power, but by my, what? By my Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. One lamp, seven lights. One bowl, seven channels. My Spirit. God is saying, Zechariah, I'm trying to show you. I can be present to all seven churches. I can be present to all these different areas. I can be present fully, not just part of me. I can be present. One lamp, seven lights. I can be one oil. I can be seven lights, seven wicks. I can be present by my Spirit to every single believer. And friends, that's not just good news for the seven churches of Revelation. It's good news for you and me that you can know the full power of the Holy Spirit of God in your relationship with Jesus Christ. That's Father, that's Spirit. Who comes next? Finally, and from Jesus Christ, verse 5, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead. Jesus Christ. No decoder ring needed there. It's right there. It's right on the page. We know who that is. Whew. Easy one, finally. From Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead. And the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us, he just explodes in glory and praise to Jesus. To him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Now who is Jesus? If we bring that verse 5 back up. From Jesus Christ, who is Jesus? Well, he is the faithful witness the faithful witness so faithful that he bore witness to the truth even when it killed him so faithful that he bore witness to the salvation that God is bringing by his grace he brought he bore witness he wanted to display even as he as he made it possible he wanted to display God's love and salvation even when it put him on the cross. He's the faithful witness. And he died. But he did not stay dead. He rose again from the dead. And so next he's the, he's the what? The firstborn from the dead. And so he's, he's the one who's come out of death because he, did not, he died and he did not stay dead. He rose again from the grave. And he's firstborn because there's going to be others to follow. And all who call on his name, all who follow in his train, all who will join in his song of salvation, they will follow and overcome death and enjoy the eternal life that he has won. That's who Jesus Christ is. So it says, let's glorify him. To him be glory and power forever and ever. And he is now future Jesus. And it goes on. It says he's coming back, just as the Apostles' Creed says, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. Everybody wants to judge, but he will come to judge the living and the dead. Jesus is coming back. Look at this, verse 7. Look. He is coming with the clouds. That's Daniel 7. And every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. That's Zechariah. And all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. And then we get this in verse 8. This is our key verse. Verse 8. Church, read this with me, would you? I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Now who's saying that? Whose lips are those words on? It's Jesus. 
Now it's Jesus who says, I'm the one who is, who was, who is to come. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. Alpha and Omega, that's the first and the last letters of the Greek alphabet. It's like Jesus is saying, I am the A to Z. I'm the first and I'm the last. I'm the beginning and I'm the end. And I hold it all together. And it's Jesus who is saying this now. And we get more of a picture as that fills out the picture of this future Jesus a few lines later. I'm going to read this very quickly for you. If you look down your Bible, it starts at verse 12. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. Who's speaking to me? And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. We learned a little bit about that. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man. Hey, who is like a son of man in Scripture? Jesus, you're on it. Now, what's Jesus dressed like? dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. The word of the Lord is a double-edged sword. It's able to pierce. And his face was like the sun, the sun shining in all of its brilliance. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me. And he said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I, says Jesus, am the living one. I was dead. And now look, I'm alive. Forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. That's our future Jesus. That's what he looks like. That's what he reveals himself to be. He is Alpha and Omega. He is beginning and end. He is first and he is last, and Jesus isn't finished. And when you know the future Jesus, it changes how you live in the present. It helps you to know present Jesus, and it helps you understand past Jesus. Why? Because, friends, as Hebrews 13 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. You know, we only know each other right now in the present. We, we know each other in the... You know present Tim. That's what you know. And some of you know a little bit of past Tim. But none of you knows future Tim. Do you? Because I don't even know future Tim. And I'm Tim. <laughs> we only know each other in the present. We can only be with one another in the now. But Jesus Christ, He knows your whole life. He knows past, present, future. He, he holds it. He holds it together. He is Alpha and Omega, beginning and end, first and last, and He holds your life. He holds it like, like in a big oven crock or something. He's cradling your whole life. And He knows the life of your, of your parents. He knows the life of your children. He knows their story. From beginning to end. And he knows that it isn't over. He isn't finished. The story isn't done. Jesus isn't finished yet. And when we look to him, 
We see not only future Jesus, but present Jesus. We see the Jesus who holds us beginning to end and knows us through and through. And friends, God has given you a gift in revealing to you future Jesus that you can look forward and you can see who Jesus is way off beyond anything we could imagine. There's Jesus. And you can see him. Future Jesus. And when we see future Jesus, that changes us today. Why? Because God's future breaks into our present. And what does it give us? It gives us hope. Hope. Undeniable, unexplainable, supernatural, divine, irrational, some would say. Hope. Because we can already see future Jesus. And we know he wins. And knowing the ending changes the whole story. So Jesus, we thank you that you step forward and show yourself to us in so many ways. We thank you that we, that we know that you've got our lives. In your hand, the story changes. It changes in the past. It changes in the present. It changes in the future. So we pray that we would trust you and with our own stories, that we would trust you with the stories of those we love. We would trust you that you are unfolding your purposes, your plans, and that we know when we're discouraged, when we're hurting, we know that you're not finished. Jesus isn't finished. And we put our hope in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Colorado Springs area, we would love to meet you on a Sunday morning. To plan your visit, head to our website at firstprescos.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-C-O-S dot org.